Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, this is episode number 217. Uh, this week, I'm super excited. Um, we get to sit down. We get to talk to Tim Barr. Uh, Tim is an ultra runner um, in Colorado. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a guy who basically um, kind of organizes a little group run every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, at the trails near my house. Um and so basically I met Tim probably three months ago, kind of into spring, beginning of summer, uh, and pretty consistently through the whole entire summer, we'd meet, um, we'd, we'd run for an hour, hour and a half Wednesday morning. I was just psyched that I found another psychopath like me who's willing to wake up at 5 a.m. or I'm sorry, get to the trail at 5 a.m. and just go out and... And let me say, like, when usually if I'm running by myself at five in the morning, I am not going that fast. Okay. But when you have this extra peer pressure of a group of people, you know, that you're trying to keep up with, and especially when you're running with people who are great ultra runners, just like Tim, um, <laughs> the speed kind of increases, and all of a sudden, you're being pushed outside your comfort zone. You're training a lot harder early in the morning, uh, which is a good thing, you know, once a week, a couple times a week to really push yourself beyond what you normally would do is, is awesome because I totally fall into the thing where I get comfortable even in my training, even though it might seem weird to be like, you know, I, I'm comfortable going out and trail running, running on mountains, things like that. Um, and I'll do them at a leisurely pace. But I definitely fall into that where I'm like, yeah, like I'll go out and I won't push myself <laughs> uh, a lot of the times. And and then all of a sudden I'm with this group and especially someone like Tim is going for it. He's he's he trained really, really, really hard for the Never Summer 100K. We'll talk about his race in this episode and you'll hear about it. But I mean, he was going for it some mornings and being able to be like, oh yeah, there's other people. Like it adds that extra outside influence that sometimes you need to really get like a great workout in. So um, I was super pumped for that. And then just, you know, getting to know Tim, kind of picking his brain. He has a lot of wisdom when it comes to ultras, a lot of mindset uh, wisdom that he goes through and things that he's learned along his journey in life and journey as an athlete. Uh, and he, you know, he's really, he's really good at communicating those ideas in ways that make sense. So I think as you listen to the episode one, you're going to be entertained because he tells this story about the time he passed out after the Leadville 100 and it's wild, man. I've never heard anything like it. It's wild. It's going to blow your mind. Uh, so you'll be entertained, but two, I hope you pick up a bunch of kind of nuggets of wisdom, uh, that Tim brings to the table because he's been through a lot. And he's had to overcome a whole bunch uh, in ultra running, just like everyone has, just like you have. Uh, you know, if you've ever actually just gone after any sort of goal, you have to overcome things. And and so it's awesome listening to someone with such a solid mindset when it comes to those ideas. But all right, guys, let's get into it, though. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Uh, this is Like a Bigfoot podcast number 217. 
with Tim Barr. I have Tim Barr here. Um, Tim and I, probably like over the last two or three months, we've been running together most Wednesday mornings. And it's just 5 a.m., Tim just booking it. And then me just huffing and puffing. (laughs) (laughs) Like trying to talk behind him. And I'm sure like I talked your ear off. I'm like I'm like the chatty dude in running or I need that at 5 a.m. Because I'm not right. (laughs) Well, and also like 5 a.m. I'm like, hey, man, (laughs) she's wide awake. Yeah. Man, this guy's got a lot of energy this early in the morning. Like, yeah, I've been up since 3.30. Yeah. 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 Already had my coffee. Sometimes. I'm just ready to go. (laughs) Sometimes that works. Um, Dude, let's start with this. The rattlesnakes we saw. Can you like tell people? Because I tried to describe it a couple weeks ago and I had no, I don't think I did it justice. I don't know if we, yeah, like what is, what is this rated on? on It's rated, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I try to keep it PG-13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, whatever. There were, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're running like right at sunrise and we just got warning from a mountain biker coming up saying that they thought they heard something right. Like down the trail. And so we're like, heard something. What? Oh, I think I heard a rattlesnake. And then we kind of come around the corner and we see this like, um, you know, like Indiana Jones, like the snake that comes out of the basket, like the cobras, like doing a cobra dance. It was like that, but there were two snakes. (laughs) (laughs) And let me say. Yeah, I went running there two days ago. Well, every time I've ran there since, I freak out now. I'm like, oh, my God, there's snakes all over the place probably. But uh, two days ago, I saw a tiny thing. There you go. Like a baby snake that was maybe made in that moment. It might have been. <laughs> it was kind of the moment, man. I mean, they were, like, so into it. They had zero interest in us. We were trying to – Videoing yeah. this thing, and they're like, you know – I don't know. I think like they got it on even more. When we started videoing, like, like, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was wild though. Like I know snakes are out there. They close a whole trail most like October, yeah. November months. They tr- close one whole trail because of snakes, but I never seen them. And yeah. I've been out there for like hundreds of runs. Right. Like yeah. how often have you seen them? Uh, you know, one or two a year, right? Yeah. Like that's it. And out of, yeah, running there every week, like two or three times a week. Yeah. So it's not, and you see them as like your friends post, like the Instagram snakes are Insta famous on yeah. North Table Mountain, but really like they're, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you'll see one or two a year and they're in the middle of the trail typically. So you're not, it's like, you can see them when you come up on them, but it still is freaky, right? It's super freaky. Like you see man. your first mountain lion in the mountains and you're like, Oh wow. They're like real. Yeah. It's not like uh, you know, chupacabra or something. Yeah, it is. It's so freaky. But at the same time, when I was starting off in this in Virginia, I thought I was going to see bears every single day. Yeah. And I saw zero bears the whole time. So I'm like, people come out and they have this conception of like, I'm going to see mountain lions. I'm going to see rattlesnakes. I'm going to see all these deadly animals. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I've been do like, I've been running all over the place for quite a while now. And I've barely seen any like yeah. those few moments like that stand out. But, but well, yeah. and people are freaked out, right? Like people around here won't run. Like I, I talk to people and they're like, oh, I w- won't run North Table Mountain from like, I don't know, May to October or something like that. Because they're freaked out of snakes. So they won't oh, go yeah. over to Chimney Gulch or whatnot. And like 
chances are, I mean, you're going to be able to see him in the middle of the trailer. Someone will call it out, and um, they, and they have zero interest in you. You yeah. just gotta, but you've got to be alert. Like you can't just be. If you step on them, they that do have suck. an interest in you. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you told me about at White Ranch going down those stairs and they just curl up in the shadow of them. Yeah. All I can think about now. <laughs> and I'm running down the bike thing, the bike ramp. I'm like, not totally, doing those stairs. Yeah. Yeah, screw that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, man. Anyways, it's been really fun for me because, you know, usually I run by myself because just the weird hours that, you know, as a dad and, and a guy who works and all that stuff, yeah. like you just got to get your running whenever. Right. And so it's awesome to like meet a group of people who also have somewhat of the same schedule, which yeah. is super cool. So I agree. Thanks man. for it's inviting like, me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's been fun. I think this summer, like just with COVID and, and everything that's yeah. happened, it's like, um, although like we've been distant, you know, just like population wise, like, I feel like my tribe has gotten tighter and expanded a little bit. Yeah. So like, that's been really cool. We've been trying to connect for like a year Yeah. and get a run going. And, um, just this year we've been able to make it happen. So, and it's been, we've been every Wednesday for the most part, like yeah. maybe missing one or two, but, um, dude, it's awesome, summer has been really fun. It's yeah. awesome. Well, I have a couple like races and challenges written down that I want to hear a little bit about. Um, and then just get into, you know, you're a dad like I am. And I just told you before you arrived, I'm like, dude, we had like hands down the hardest two hours that I've had in months as a dad. <laughs> is rough dude like yeah but anyways I, I think part of it too is she's probably feeling my kids probably feeling stressed because we're going back to school next week yeah. and so there's that and she just doesn't know how to express it beyond like being a teenager even though she's six years old and just be like leave me alone <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like shadowing <laughs> things to come but yeah <laughs> but yeah so i won't get into that too but uh dude let's start with never summer man you crushed it it's you know it, it has been a bizarre summer yeah um like just really because everything normally when i sign up for a race you know it's like you've got i think i had five on the calendar this year that i wanted to do and that was the one that happened but you know it's like i'm really structured and rigid about putting together a training plan you know put together a program like yeah. really intentional with the runs and um just with the state of everything it's like well i don't really know even up to the week before i didn't even know if the race was really going to happen yeah, it's kind of like, you know, oh, well, like you could just get canceled. So um, the approach has really been like really enjoying uh, my time in the mountains this summer. Yeah. Um, I've been running really well. Like, I think the consistency has been there. I have like a crazy base under me and like I feel stronger than I've ever felt. But um, like it hasn't it's beyond just like consistent miles every week. Yeah. Like my training hasn't been like as intentional as it has in the past. And I think the. It's the first race that I lined up on the start line for this year that I just wasn't like, I was like, Hey, you know, whatever happens happens. It's just a gift that I'm able to be out here with all these people. And those mountains are just amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, but. dude, well, I, that's kind of interesting. So do you think like having the pressure kind of off of whether or not it's actually going to happen, you know, like the uncertainty there, some people would crumble during that. But then also some people just have that pressure, <laughs> have that uh, pressure kind of taken off their shoulders and it just like lightens the load and allows you to just run because you love running, you know? Yeah. It, and I, I thought a lot about it because I felt like quite honestly, like I felt like 
crap like the whole first half of the race like i, I felt um i was i just didn't sleep the night before we thought there was like a bear outside our cabin like like the night before the race so my son is eight yeah he gets to bed at like 10 30 you know we're in this like shanty cabin thing up there <laughs> in gold colorado and um and it's like 12 30 like my wife's like what is that and just like scratching outside the cabin where i'm like out the i'm like i've got a can of bear spray and i'm like at the window you know like looking out to see if see where the bear is or whatnot <laughs> and um and it wound up just being like some sort of rodent under the cabin that was like making a bunch of noise yeah but um so anyway like that was 12 30 i got back to sleep my wave start was 3 30 in the morning so like i got another hour <laughs> and a half forgot of sleep. About that. they had to start you like Oh yeah, because they started five people at once, right? It was uh, every five minutes a wave of ten okay. people went. So starting at two fifty-five a.m., so it was like three thirty in the morning. I'm out there. I feel like I think I was just dehydrated. Yeah. Um, I was just tired. I, like, just didn't feel. How do you hydrate and how do you eat before three yeah. thirty? You know what I mean. Just do what you can. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I just, you know, it's like the the beauty of it is I I'm feeling like now just now like i've been you know ultra running for not really that long like maybe like five years now and um i feel like just like this last year like things started kind of clicking yeah like i understand what i can do i'm like okay if i could just if i just keep moving and i just keep going steady i'm really strong in the mountains and the climbs and things like that so um despite feeling like crap the whole time um all the way up at least to the 50k mark i was i knew i was like moving yeah well but um yeah i I don't know so there was that just the knowledge of like just what my body is can do and so i didn't get too discouraged there but um and then knowing that despite your like kind of emotional state it's not always connected to how you know how your body is performing so yeah and the the pressure was just i told my wife at at 50k like at the 30k or the um, 30 mile mark i was like hey just i just don't want to know how i'm doing like don't tell me about like i'm doing in the field i don't want to know about my time like nothing yeah. i just want to run and um i didn't know until like the last 10 miles or so that i was like in the top 20 and <laughs> like killing it and my age group and stuff and yeah. then it, i was like just like, like all right let's go let's get this thing done you don't want to know i mean an ultra is so long there's no point of knowing that until you unless you're like really really from the get-go competing yeah but to have that surprise thrown on you where it's like hey you're doing really good like you're in the top 20 here like that's what you want you want that in the last 10 miles because now instead of slogging the last 10 miles you have that extra motivation of like i might be in pain but i can like kick it into another gear yeah yeah totally um it's encouraging and it's always like that at the end of a race but you know and i think the pressure maybe hearing that early would just be more pressure and then hearing yeah. it at the end like turns into more motivation. Yeah. yeah. So, but, um, yeah, great day. Like great day. I have a killer pacer that, um, paced me at Leadville that, um, came up and paced me like the last 15 who, you know, her name's Hillary and she runs for the adrenaline project here in Colorado and yeah. just, just total beast. Like, but is like exactly what it, she's like the perfect <laughs> pacer, like great, like, she doesn't give me any sympathy. She's got great empathy though, so she can like read where I'm at. I'm oh like, yeah. I'm like hurting. She's like, yeah, oh yeah. Like, you must be hurting. You've ran like 45 miles at this point, but you know what? We got to get this done. You know. <laughs> That's so. awesome, man. Yeah. What? Like, what? I've never had a pacer in a race. Like, what does that bring to you? Like, as an athlete, you know. 
Yeah. Um, I there's there's all kinds, right? So it just depends on like where you're at emotionally and races yeah. and um, like I've had to kind of learn like what works and what doesn't because I've had pacers where it's like it, this is not working. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me an example. I mean, oh, th- you don't say the prisons, yeah, day, but right. it's like. There are mo- ways to motivate people that work sometimes. And you even mentioned emotional state. Like, if you're on top of the world, there's going to be certain things that work to push even harder. If you're, like, depressed or just, like, completely destroyed, there's certain ways you have to be motivated. Yeah, okay. So, if you are the type of person that goes to, like, boot camp class, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, like, a CrossFit person or something like that and and you're throwing weight and you've got like someone like screaming over your head like you know like yeah keep going you know five more sets and 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 you like that and and that drives you then you'll need like a certain type of pacer in a race that's like you know what hey we're gonna run for like five minutes and we're gonna walk for a minute yeah and and that just doesn't like for me i'm like more intrinsically motivated and driven to like just do the best that i can and i need um i need a pacer that can like speak life into that yeah like side of me which is which is a much different sort of thing so what does that like look like um it it looks like like i'll have somebody be like hey we're gonna let's let's try to run to the top of this next hill or we're gonna run to that tree or um hey this looks flat enough where we can jog this thing out yeah and i and i like go with them and then like i just hit a wall i'm like i gotta walk oh god and i'm frustrated and they're like don't be frustrated that was a good push yeah that was a good push just like walk for a minute and that sort of thing is just like i think you're just in sync right yeah um whereas like i just don't i just don't do well with like any like uh if somebody's not in sync with you i guess like maybe that's it i don't know yeah no, that makes sense, yeah. man. I'm always interested in like how to motivate people. I'm sure that is that part of your job too, like yeah, motivating people and and trying yeah. to manage them and their emotions and all that stuff. We can talk about. I think maybe later we'll talk about motivation, dude. Maybe, let's huh? dive. We can talk about. We can dive in right now. Yeah, 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 man. So, all right, motivation. it's our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. When you want to interview me, I'm like, I don't know why you want to interview me. You have these people that like sail around no, the world. Man. No way, man. I'm just I like was a beginner, so old, amateur, like <laughs> runner that just likes to run. Um, yeah. So motivation, um, motivation, a, a lot of times gets coupled with discipline, like as as words, right? Like, um, and motivation is like it is a um, it's a noun, it's a thing, and it comes and goes. So like you're, um, and you've got to tap into it when you have it. Yeah. So the way that I would describe that is you are out having some beers with some friends on a Friday night and you're, one of your friends is like, Hey man, like I really got to get in shape, you know, and, and I'm going to sign up for this half marathon thing. So, you know, after a couple of beers, he signs up and then he's like, you should run it with me. You know, you had that moment of motivation, motivation. Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, but what that always goes away 100% of the time. And then um, you have to tap into the motivation when it happens to like kickstart the process of discipline, which is um, I talked about consistency earlier this year. Like I, I try to run every day or at least go for like a walk or some, something every day. Yeah. Even when I don't want to. And um, getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go run sucks. Yes, it does. But you just go do it. <laughs> um out of out of discipline and discipline is kind of like what gets you there so it's like when you have a pacer that's motivating you they're, they're trying to spark 
that emotion or that thing i think that like kind of like pushes you into that next zone yeah but um really it's going to come down to the discipline of you just being like i just got to put my head down and do it yeah so and because discipline is a you know it's a verb it's an action how do you like build that discipline like obviously you know if we're waking up at five in the or going for a run at five in the morning the discipline's already been built and uh-huh. I'm trying – I always try to think back to when I started waking up that early to go do a workout or whatever. And I'm like, why did I do that? Like, how did that start? And I can't really nail it down. Like, what was it? How did that form? I can't really express that in words or anything like that. Yeah. I I don't know because I'm disciplined with certain things and I'm not disciplined with others. And, like, things that I want to be disciplined at, sometimes yeah. I'm not so much. You know, yeah. it's like – I don't always wash the dishes after I eat, and I, I really should. Yeah. But I just am not disciplined in that way. So. I shouldn't eat f- six Otter Pop popsicles every day. Yes, you should. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's my biggest thing right now. I'm like, <laughs> I take one. I'm like, one should be fine. One's enough. I'll eat one. And I'm like, well, I finish that in five seconds. Like, so let's there's be your honest. discipline not to do So something. I'm like, two. I got to go at least two, and then I'll be fine. And then my my kid will eat one and then she'll be like, can I have another one? I'm like, well, I had two. So it's only fair reach in the fridge. Three comes out and I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The sugar hits your system. You're like, I need some more. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that with ice cream. I'll finish a pint <laughs> and then I'll put it back in the fr- freezer too. Yeah. You know? It's like three or four bites. I'm like, oh, that was good. And then I'm like, I'm next thing I know. I've made four trips to the freezer and the whole pint's gone. I'm like, well, whatever. I'm a runner. I'll you're, be okay. Yeah, you're like, at least I didn't put it in a bowl. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I had the choice to put it back. It's but yeah, fun. man, that's interesting. I let's. I mean, I can, let's dive into like when you started running because uh-huh. I think that'll kind of hopefully help us understand like where does this discipline come from. So you know, were you always a runner growing up or no, no, an athlete or like, uh-huh. were you in sports or anything like that? No, not like nothing. I have no, like, I'm like the everyday person that just like one day, um, it all kind of started like back. I had a friend, um, friend of a friend that moved to San Diego and he was training. Um, we were living in San Diego at the time. He was training, uh, like at the Olympic training center for oh, like wow. duathlon. <laughs> Or he was a never mind. He was a duathlete and he was training for triathlon. Okay. And um, he was like on the world stage, I guess, in duathlon in South Africa. And then he came to the U.S. and like duathlon's not really that much of a thing here, so he had to learn how to swim and be competitive mm. there. So okay. he was training there down there. And I was like, oh. and I was kind of making fun of triathletes a little bit because <laughs> I was just surfing, you know. I was like, <laughs> and he's like, oh no, you could do it, man. They have these like short triathlons, and so I signed up for this like little sprint try because I was like really intrigued because I'd never, I'd always wanted an excuse to buy a road bike, and I never really ran more than like a benefit 5k like ever. Yeah, um, and I didn't know how to swim. Like I did not. I like I could. I'm not gonna drown. <laughs> but I like had no, I didn't know how to freestyle swim or any of that um, yeah. stuff. So I built this little like training program, and just and I had a goal. So I think like discipline, like for me anyway, like really relies on like having a goal. Maybe that just seems a little bit like outside of reach, and like it's almost like a fear motivated thing. Like yeah. if I don't do this, like I'm gonna drown in the ocean. So I should probably go to the... That'll teach you how to swim. (laughs) Yeah. So I get up and go, you know, and um, that has just kind of built a habit. 
yeah um, which has been really nice to kind of pull on that well i think like the whole saying like necessity is the mother of invention Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that you sign up for something that is just outside of your reach you know it's gonna you're gonna out of necessity have to figure out how to train for it and then based off of that you're gonna have to somewhat be disciplined at least a little bit more than you were before right and then you you do that once and then slowly build up from there how did that race go um i was yeah it's funny you ask Uh, i was the last one out of the water okay i had uh i actually the lifeguards actually paddled over to me it was it was uh just down in um like really like basically tijuana like we were swimming the ocean so you kind of come out and like the lifeguards paddled over to me and they asked me if I was okay because I was side stroking, yeah. Like because that's all I knew how to do, the whole thing. And like two waves had passed me or something. And so like I'm like last went. And I was like no I'm good. So I come out of the water and then I got on the bike and I had um I had a real gift for cycling which was cool. Like I didn't realize like I had. Yeah. So I'm on this like $500 beater bike and I'm like passing people on these that's like awesome. $8,000 rigs. Um <laughs> you go around this airport like track yeah and um so i kind of like moved back to mid pack and then um i ran like my 5k was like i don't know 22 minutes or something so it was like decent 5k yeah so i wasn't last yeah you know it works it worked and i was kind of and i was kind of hooked like you feel yeah like that's the reward system right that you're like oh i need to go back and do this again true man i know well and how did you not get like you see some people sometimes get frustrated when it's not going their way like the swim yeah like how were you frustrated at all or were you just like accepting like this is how i swim i, think, I don't know what these people are paddling out here for I, this is yeah. just how i do it I, I you know i i think um just being competitive just in general like i yeah i wanted to do better but i just didn't know i was like more focused on the end goal okay because like with triathlon is the combination of all three um, sports that kind of get you across the goal line. So like, depending on, like, I know people that are like awful cyclists yeah. and they still do the sport and, um, you know, they just accept the fact that they're not going to be as fast on the bike, but maybe they're a great runner. Yeah. It, it makes it, it's really in, like interesting. Um, even though I don't do the sport, I don't do triathlon anymore. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to kind of like think about because you're working on like three different skill sets. That's the thing yeah. that's intimate. Like I've kind of always wanted to try one but the amount of training that you have to do just to be ready for the bike and ready for the swim it's just really that's kind of what hurts my head of trying to figure out like how would i fit that in right you know even though we go run 100 milers and 100ks right i know it's just <laughs> like you run 100 milers not me oh yeah you'll, you're gonna you'll be there <laughs> you could go do your 100k and be like all right tim you think so yeah you're gonna be like all right i'm ready let's go after like i'm slowly yeah. walking like john wayne the you're, next day you're gonna be golden you're gonna crush it you're a strong runner don't discount yourself um yeah dude so from there like how did did you just slowly turn your focus to running or was it was there a certain yeah. event or anything no i moved to colorado oh, okay. um in 20 at the end of 2012 yeah and um i was kind of in just doing triathlon and bike racing yeah um for like not quite 10 years like maybe like seven years like it was all triathlon and, and racing bikes and um then got to colorado had my son was like less than a year old at the time and i lived at the base of south table or i worked at the base of south table mountain so um it was like kind of necessity of like workout yeah 
Like if I had 40 minutes to go work out, the, like the best workout I could get was trail running. That makes sense. Yeah, and I would just run trail. And then um, the following year I paced at the Leadville 100. I paced a friend of a friend. And um, like even – like I wrote about it, I think, like um, just the whole experience. But like even just in the pre-race talk and like Ken's up there like, you know, giving his speech. And, yeah. And I'm like, these people are freaking crazy. Like, <laughs> and I even told the runner I was pacing, I was like, you're like, this is insane. Like, this is cr- like crazy. Plus, that's the biggest one, 100, at least near us. It's super, like, it's, yeah, it's like definitely, yeah, I think probably um, numbers wise is probably yeah. the biggest. And it's definitely the biggest production, like, yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was like, this is insane. And then I paced like 26 of miles, paced from Winfield to Outbound. And um, my the athlete I was pacing, her name's Christina, and she was like pushing cutoffs. And it was just like I had to do everything I could to like just keep her going and make sure I was watching the clock and getting yeah. her ahead of the clock. And I like um, – but I we got to Outbound at like 2 in the morning, which was about an hour before the cutoff there. So we built up a, about an hour of time. And I, and I just got back in the car, like middle of the night, my, like Julie was there and my friend Seth and Lauren and Julie's like, so how was it? And I just like looked at her like a certain way. Like she goes, Oh God, like, <laughs> you want to do this? Don't you? I was like, yeah, you know, kind of like, uh, yeah. I think it's like possible. So yeah. You know, you signed up the next year or. No, I did like a 50, I did a 50 miler the okay. following year. I did like a 50 K I think I did like a couple of 50 K's and a 50 miler. And then, um, the following year signed up for okay. like the hundred. Yeah. And then I basically done at least a hundred every year. Wow. Like since then. Yeah. Dang, man. So you started with Leadville. Yeah. How, how was that just experience as a runner? You know, like, did the wheels fall off the bus ever? Oh, yeah. Did you put the wheels back on the bus? Like, how did that work out? So, so Ken, the race director, will always, like, he said, I went to run camp that year, and he said, uh, I don't know, he gave some analogy, like, Muhammad Ali, you know, analogy or something. And, yeah. he, and he's like, uh, he's like, pretty, like, at some point in the race, like, Leadville is going to punch you in the face. <laughs> Basically, and it's like, how are you going to get up? Yeah. And, um, I was like, I was like in pretty good spirits to like miles 70 ish, 72. And then you hit this, um, you kind of come out from the Colorado trail and you hit this like paved, um, asphalt section on your way into outward bound. And then, um, and it's kind of a trek. It's like probably four or five miles before you get to outward bound. And, um, like my shins just, Ooh. um, were like done and it was just, and it was like suddenly, you know, and I was just like, oh, my God, like my <laughs> shins are broken. And um, I, you know, just suffered out the last like marathon of, <sighs> of the race. Like and it was it was horrific, like everything hurt really bad. And um, like but I got it done. Yeah. You know, I was like just outside like I wanted to go sub 25. I had the fitness to do it. But I was like 2530 okay. the first year, which is still really respectable yeah. like yeah. i felt good about it but it just was like i knew i had unfinished finished business to get there and like so the way it works there's a you have to finish in less than 30 hours okay. and you get a buckle and they have got what they call like their big buckle yeah which like you win the rodeo you know it's like this 
plate. I've seen people walking it's in ridiculous. Leadville with those. Yeah. And it looks like a pro wrestling belt. Yeah, it's you know? pretty amazing. <laughs> but the big buckle time is 25 hours or okay. less. So you're so, like, I got to go back and get the big buckle. I have to go back. <laughs> like at some point I have to go back, you know. But uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's a weird – it's like it's a weird deal, like, how, you know, what you can kind of get through um, yeah. in the race. Like I definitely had a lot of, like, lessons learned and um, things that I can, I can grow from. But um, – that race like my biggest mistake is i wore these like compression calf sleeves the second half of the race and um it caused because you're at altitude and stuff and i had a bunch of edema that built up between my shoe and the and the calf sock so like we took my socks off at the when we got back to the um room and i had a big donut of fluid down there around my ankles what do you even do i like i hit the deck i passed out no way yeah like hit the deck you took your socks off and then you passed out yeah like on the (laughs) stairs like it was just bad i mean uh i woke i woke up like maybe an hour later and i had like people like feeding me gatorade and stuff my one of my pacers like a flight surgeon so i was like she's like ah you know give him some water he'll be all right oh my god dude i've never heard of that happening yeah no i was like oh man why'd i do that but um so wait it looked like your ankles were like ballooned up because the blood wasn't getting to your calves. Yeah. That's Nuts, insane, right? man. So people were like, well, why didn't you wear a full compression sock? And I'm like, why did I wear compression at all? Should you not wear compression at altitude? I don't know. People wear it. Everyone's like got their own thing, Here's right? the thing. Like, I wear it sometimes. I don't even know what it's supposed to do. <laughs> so I'm just like, apparently you wear these things. Yeah, yeah. And then you're good? Question well, mark? Well, because triathletes started this old mess. Is that why? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just throw it Sorry, out. Sorry, they just got Blame triathletes, triathletes. listening to this, and they were like, wait a sec. You're going to get emails and comments. <laughs> we actually, actually did not. Compression. <laughs> yeah. We didn't start compression socks. It's good for recovery. <laughs> that and CBD oil, like you just throw that stuff all over you. That's insane. And CBD oil I've tried too. And I mean, maybe it does do something. I don't know. I don't know. But I've tried it. Yeah. I did it last night. <laughs> I put it on my, my calf last night. Yeah, I use it too. And I, I was like, too. this might be doing something. Who knows? Helps me sleep. Yep. Not, <laughs> but, uh, dude, that's insane, man. Yeah, it was like, it was I didn't silly. think about that. You know, it's all the stuff that you think about. Like, that's the other thing, too, with all this. Like, the stuff that you think is going to go wrong and that you're prepared for. It's yeah. always, like, something different. Yeah, you would have never – I would have never in a million years – like, if you would have said, I got done with Leadville and I passed out, if you would have been like, how, how do you think I, why do you think I passed out? In a million years, I'd never would have yeah, guessed Yeah, who would, who would know? I'm like, you had donut ankles and then you took your socks off and you fell over. Well, think about it. That's why my shins hurt because it had fluid there. And so every time my foot flexed forward, it's pushing all of that fluid like up into that sock and it had nowhere to go. So what like the shin splints I thought I had was just like a fluid buildup. Like we had to basically cut those compression socks off because they were just like, there's no way to get them off. That's insanity. Yeah, it was just silly. Like, and stuff like that happens, like just weird stuff. Like my friend's lungs filled up with fluid and he had to drop out like two years in a row. In Leadville? Yeah. Well, and just altitude yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like pulmonary edema or, or like lung stuff or, you know. Wow. Yeah, it's just a, you never know. You never do. And like that kind of thing, like that's a little thing that could just completely that if you were taking your socks off a mile 80, I'd probably been all right. Oh, really? You were no, all right. <laughs> I would have had to just not put them on. Okay. I was going to say you yeah. might've just not been able to finish the race. Like you should have taken you out. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a good point. Dude, I think wild, it's, 
it's really hard though it sucks when you're like you know that you're capable of like i was 33 minutes basically outside of my goal time yeah and i like technically you're like oh god i know i can go faster and it's just like you have this moment where you just like break down in tears like knowing you're not gonna be able to get there and yeah i've talked to a few people about that where you finish something like a hundred miles which is insanely hard but you didn't necessarily reach the level you thought you were going to reach so you have this weird like i'm proud of myself like i did this but you also have this kind of disappointment at the same time. Like, did you have that at all or? Yeah, I, I knew, I think with everything in life, kind yeah. of, um, like you're not going to win everything. Um, like I work in the architectural field and it's like, you go compete for these projects and put a lot of work in and sometimes yeah. you lose. Yeah. Um, but what you just have to ask yourself is, did I do, did I physically, um, did I do everything that I could have? like to the best of my ability and on that day like yeah. i did yeah so you can't really be too disappointed in it i think there's there's definitely that um there's that thing like i'm, I'm gonna go back and and do it right and get it done and um i did a lot last year i did get it done and um there's a lot that i just did differently like yeah. my mindset was different i was like there was no self-doubt talk i just i trained consistently but i told myself like you know, it's like affirmations or whatever. Like yeah. you're, um, I don't know, was that like Saturday Night Live? Like I'm good <laughs> enough and I'm strong enough. Gosh darn it! Yeah. But people like, like me. I incorporated <laughs> all this stuff into my yeah. training. I, I read a couple of great books on um, just like the athlete's mindset. What books were those? Um, if you can remember off the I, top of your head, I can't. Um, Meanwhile, I have to point out I'm getting attacked by flies over here yeah. for some reason. No idea why. We're doing this outside. I have flies. It's all the. It's the, uh, it's the closed beers you've had on your patio for the last two months. <laughs> I don't know why. I need to ask my wife. I came and sat down, and the first thing you said is, why do you have, like, eight warm beers just sitting in 100-degree heat? No, well, it's, like, like, 100 degrees out, and it's, like, spiked, The beers are ruined at this point. Spiked cold brew. That's probably it's, 100 degrees. The spiked cold brew is the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life, by the way. I can't even really imagine. It's I like don't know why we bought it. coffee. It's like adding barf to your coffee. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea why. But, oh uh, but yeah. So, yeah, dude. Well, if you remember, I'll, I'll look those up. I, I'm I like, will. You can put them in the show notes. Yeah, so into like any mindset book and things. Yeah. I also kind of feel like, though, because I have definitely been like an adventure book, mi- mindset book junkie. And if I read too many of them at once... I don't actually like internalize any of the lessons. I'm just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kind of like, I kind of need to pick out one every six months, read it and really just work on like actually applying those ideas, you know? And so when I hear about like really good ones, I'm like, Oh, that would be a good one to like actually dedicate my time to rather than just read it. Sure. And for it, it's kind of like the motivation thing. Like some books I'll read and for like a week, I'm like really motivated uh-huh. And then I don't actually apply any of it. So that goes away after a while. Well, it's like motivational speakers, right? Yeah. And you, if you think about motivation, like it's a just a noun. Yeah. You're like, oh, cool. You hear a great motivational speech. It's just like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, with that data or, or that information. And I think the, um, I don't know, there's like two things that really stuck out to me last year that um, like it was kind of like a 
switch went off. Yeah. Like one, I knew I had good base. I had friends that spoke life into my running, like telling me that I'm strong, telling me that, and I'm not like the strongest, like there's half my friends are faster on the KOMs around golden than I am, which is hard to believe. I'm going to be honest with you. Like after running with you and I, and knowing how hard it is to just go out and hit like a really fast pace at that time of the morning, like what like and then you're just like not out of breath or anything like that i'm like dude i knew going into never summer you're gonna crush it that's just i'm just saying that but even if your friends are lying to you i guess is what i'm saying like if, if you can like get to a place where um like i i definitely don't have a, a huge ego or anything but you've got to like try to speak some swagger into your into your step and um visualize success yeah and and that was like the huge turning point last year. I had this point and I don't know why it is always the 50 K mark. I was like fall apart, but I was, yeah, 35 miles in or something. And this was at Leadville last year. And it was just like, I was starting to get down and I, and I do this, I did this never summer too. And I just look around and I'm like, dude, look at what you're doing, man. Like you were freaking strong. You trained for this all summer long. Like, yeah. like do not go down this like negative path. Like you're too good for this, and you actually said it out loud. I spoke it, yeah, out loud. And like sometimes I'll yell. Like it never summer. Sure. I was like, in, it was in the grave, dude. I like sat down, like I was like super cashed, and I get up and I'm like starting to walk, and I mean it was just like, okay, man, it's time. Like I was just like, you're in your mid forties, man, and you are a freaking badass, like. <laughs> look at what you're doing out here. Like, you know, like, and I just started, it was like, no one was around me. So yeah. I'm just screaming. I'm like, look at you, man. Like you can get this done. Yeah. And eventually I believed it, I guess. I don't know. If anyone was around you, they were not revealing themselves in that moment. I'm like, wow, this guy, this is, this is wow. awkward. Is he hallucinating right now? Like, who's he talking? Yeah. About? <laughs> he was lying by that rock and then he just got up and started yelling. It was totally that. <laughs> But, you know, you got to... It's powerful, it though. Is it powerful. is. It is. It's crazy how powerful it is. And when you're in that negative space, just to, like, do that one mom- momentary, like, click out of it. And then, like, even just thinking positive for a second. But speaking, it's more powerful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Speaking out loud, like, what your gratitudes or, or things like that, like, that can snap you right out of that funk. There's a physical, know? mental connection that happens yeah. when you do that and you speak things out that's why like affirmations are real yeah um is because you're connecting the brain with the body and with the other sensory systems and so it it be, you begin to internalize things that way and yeah. i would say like this for like anybody's listening that's just getting into like kind of you know the sport or and and i don't really care like i'm not one of those guys like oh you have to run 50 miles to say you've done an ultra or something like it, you could be doing a 5k and that's yeah. your ultra like you've never ran more than a mile and it's it's yeah. pretty awesome you're going to do this thing but um you've you don't talk yourself i hear so much negative self-talk and um i've been up to the leadville training camp um three years now and i run with a bunch of people that have either run it and failed to kind of reach the finish line there's a 50 percent dnf right there wow. like pretty close to it it's yeah. like in the high 40s sometimes and you talk to these people and it's like dead on i can tell you like 
the first day of camp, the people that I talked to that are like, there is, there's probably a 75% chance they're not going to finish this race because of the way that they're talking about how, yeah. at like where they're at. And then people set up their whole race plans to basically hit the cutoffs. They're like, well, as long as I, and here's, here it is like classic example, as long as I, is as long as I hit the cutoffs, like, I mean, my goal is just to get, like, get to Winfield before the cutoff. And I'm like, already, like, at that point, you're setting yourself up for failure yeah. because you're assuming that you're slow and that you're not fast enough. And I guarantee if, if like, each one of these people would say, I am going to race 45 minutes faster than the cutoff at every aid station, and I have the ability to do it. Yeah. Like they, they'll probably hit those milestones, and they would it would shift what they're aiming for too. Yeah, their whole aim would be, and it's surprising, right? You yeah. go out for like a ten k run, and and you're like, hey, it'd be like amazing if I could, you know, within your level of ability. They're like, oh, I'd love to break an hour on a ten k run. Yeah, and you have that in your mind, and you're like, whoa, I hit like fifty nine minutes. Like how many times do you hear that? Yeah, yeah, man. Like That's... so, shoot like aim high. You know, within your level of ability, but you know, don't don't go out there and be like, I really hope I can get this done. Like you're yeah. you're dead in the water. I mean, and I, I you know, like, cause the goal is finishing. You know, a lot of times, even me, like, I'll speak that. I was like, the goal is finishing, but really in my mind, there's a different goal, too, and it's a a level up. You know, I want to do this time. I want to do whatever you know, and ultimately finishing and having a good time and experiencing it is the goal. But I think holding yourself to a, to the next level too is, is important for sure. Yeah. And if it's time, I mean, your goals could be all different. Yeah. If it's a time goal, like I think for a race like Leadville or any hundred, like it's gotta be somewhat time oriented. Yeah. Um, but this summer has been a summer of just, you know, like, let's just, my goal is to enjoy it. Let's enjoy it, man. Let's yeah. enjoy the journey and just be present and just be like, you know what? I mean, even when I was at my low up there in, in Never Summer, it was like, dude, like, look around right yeah. now. Like, this is probably the most amazing Colorado landscape there is. I mean, yeah. it's got to rival like anything I've ran in. You know, I gotta get up there, man. Yeah, you do for sure. Because I remember you told me that, and yeah. I was like, oh, really? Just go do the race next year. Nar yeah, Runners does a good go. job. This is your first 100K. I already signed you up for your next one. This next is, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how I feel in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, dude, I do want to hear about the summer, though. Cause you, so not only did you do Never Summer, but you were doing this Leadville 100,000 feet challenge, which the premise is basically over 10 weeks, you're going to ascend 100,000 feet, which is 10,000 feet a week, which is way more than you would think, even for someone you know trail running in the mountains out here in colorado like you have to intentionally go out and get that done and not only did you finish it but you finished it on the leadville course which i thought was super cool so we planned that i'm sure you did <laughs> yeah was your was your friend like yeah um my friend hillary and my friend caitlin um did they finish too on it yeah they finished. Oh, okay so we all went out on saturday oh, what a good like, idea the back half of the course yeah um yeah it, it goes back to those those things of like um like we talk about motivation and discipline and like all that you know and it's just like ah there's this virtual challenge thing like the money that we pay like all the profits for that yeah went to the covid relief oh, nice. fund and um 
so they weren't really making money on it but it was a way to kind of build community and then it was well and it was cool too i just checked out the facebook community that was involved with it because they had like a facebook page and i'm like well i'll go on and just see it and it was i mean even just from being on it for maybe two minutes and not even doing it myself but just seeing the community there was some some person who was like yeah i'm in a place with no hills so i had to run up this tiny hill like a billion times to get it done but i just finished and i was like oh that's awesome yeah it's cool one guy did um one guy did it on a treadmill and just like set the <laughs> elevation at whatever yeah you know or the the uh, i don't know the grade but yeah yeah i think it was um it was cool to be part of that community i think it was also really fun to like change it up the summer because like i said i didn't know if that race was going to happen my 100 miler in september just got canceled um so to be like kind of have that in your head of there's like a little bar chart yeah. that shows you how far you've gone. And oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So we're like hitting it hard. You know, the first like three weeks, I think I'm doing like 15K a week. Like we just go out on these monster weekends. And, yeah. And um, so I like banked all this. I think at one point I was like 20,000 feet ahead of goal. And then the last like three or four weeks, you kind of run out of that juice and you're just like, God, I got to go out. I go up more hills. I just kind of want to go run flat today. But, yeah. You know, you're trying to get this thing done. Yeah. Um, so it was fun. It was really fun. Like, it was fun to just go run steep stuff that normally I would probably just run around the block. And, and yeah. it was like I was motivated. We'd go out and do table, and I'd have to go do another climb to yeah get my 2,000 in and, for the day. And also just, like, weekend-wise, like, going out and climbing mountains and all that stuff. Like, that might not have happened. You might not have had those adventures had you not. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, how much vert can we do? Yeah, in a weekend, you know, it's like you go run. We ran Pikes Peak one weekend, and it was, and it was like eighty three hundred feet, and we're like right on, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, where did it measure up in like terms of difficulty for challenges you've done? Uh, this is the first virtual challenge okay. I've done. Yeah, but so I mean, I like any I'm... challenge, like even yeah. you know, compared to a hundred, because I guess the big difference is this is something that's over 10 weeks and that's just such a long time to be working on a goal versus even a hundred mile race is like a day or a day and a half you know right um i didn't find it like to be honest with you i mean i didn't find it like particularly difficult yeah. um a- as much as it was like you had to be really intentional okay and part of it is i'm just you know i i have the discipline anyway i'm running every day anyway so like why not just kind of change it up and do some fun stuff so um i didn't think it was like really hard but i could see when you start kind of getting behind on it it's just like it could pile up pretty quick if you had a couple of like slow weeks where you got like three or four k in yeah um it could be a monster steal so it's you got to be consistent to i think to finish any of these yeah like our friend joel just did a it was like a five week 250 mile challenge or something so he had to run 50 miles a week for five weeks and he got like a t-shirt or something like that yeah yeah and but it is that consistent like i mean i guess you know honestly if if someone hadn't built that discipline yet a virtual challenge like this kind of stuff would be like a good thing to sign up for 100 percent. because yeah yeah you just said it like you have to have it otherwise you don't finish it my friend just got a garmin watch and has a i i guess there's like a little dot yeah. like every day she does like an activity and so she's on a like she's on like a 40 day streak or something yeah but she's like 
I gotta get that dot. I gotta get the dot. <laughs> Isn't that so dumb? My buddy, one of my best friends, uh, Calvin Johansson, he started this 100 day challenge club. And it's basically like whatever you want your challenge to be. Like it might be like play guitar, but, but it's trying to build that consistency. And he's like, dude, the most effective thing I found is just a sheet of paper with a hundred little squares and you write an X through every day. He's like, after you get like three or four X's in a row, yeah. like, I have to do it today because I have to get that next X. And he's like, it's so weird that like such a small thing had such power, but yeah. It, and it, it I've done a couple of them and you know, like I'm doing this yoga streak now. Yeah, but you're I, on what day? It's like six ten was today. That's insane. But I've it's so what do you do like for the for the streak? Do you so at do you count like if you do yoga. like downward dog or something like that? You're yeah, good. just downward dog <laughs> for fifteen minutes. No, um, honestly, yeah, it changes a bit. Uh, I I do a variety of things. There are some days that are a lot easier where it's like doing the things where you're basically from your back or you're or you're doing your seated poses where you're not like holding yourself up and stuff but but yeah it all and it's i'm i only do 15 minutes a day too because i'm like and sometimes i'll go more but i'm like 15 minutes is doable i can get that in any day it doesn't matter what's going on like i'll be able to do that Mm -hmm. and even like this morning i just did it when i first woke up before we went for a run because i was like i know i have this busy day of work and all this stuff and so I'm like, I just need to do it right away. But yeah. 15 minutes is totally doable for whatever you're trying to like form a habit on or whatever. Dude, you're you're so right. And that's the other thing. Like excuses are, are king for, yeah. for people. And like, I don't mean to be insensitive because I think there's, there's definitely like medical reasons or yeah. other reasons why people can't do stuff. But yeah. um, like, I don't have a whole lot of empathy for like excuses based cultures like at work or otherwise it's just like hey this is screwed up well well it's because of all this other stuff i'm like hey like it doesn't matter yeah like honestly like you can get up off your couch it's like well i can't run okay well you know you could get on a bike or you you could could, go for a walk you can go for a walk for 15 minutes start there yeah or start at 10 yeah start at 10 but i mean just do something get that dot for the day yeah and and build a habit and like those are the things i think that it's it's like we just live in this world where it's like i hear like woe is me yeah i can't do something for xyz reason and i'm like well like i don't have enough time is like the biggest one that i get and i'm like well it's like you and me like you have time like no one can take away my like no one can take away my four to seven yeah like that's true and i'm also like as a family man, I'm like, I have to be done with all my stuff in time for being dad. Yeah. Like I have to, because that's the most important thing at the end of the day. But I'm like, I also know doing my things four to seven in the morning or whatever, like that sets me up for success in all the other aspects of my life. You know, you feel better. Yeah. Your brain works better. Yeah. Um, but it, it's hard. It's, you know? It is it's hard. Like, Oh, Tim, I wish I had your energy. I was like, dude, I have no energy at 4.40. So on our runs, yeah, I wake up, my alarm, this morning sucked because my alarm was at, set at 4.25. Yeah. And because I'm like, okay, we've got a 15-minute drive now instead of a 7. Oh, yeah. It's 7 minutes to the trailhead on North Table <laughs> Mountain, and I've got it timed down, and I leave at 4.53. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wake up at 4.40. Yeah. And I drink my beet juice and take my aminos and like go meet you guys. Just go. Yeah. yeah. 
Dude, can I say this too? This morning I was behind you guys while like with the headlamp or I was just using my phone. And every step you guys took, there were animals running behind your feet. And I'm like, am I hallucinating because it's <laughs> five in the morning? But no, I don't Seriously? think I was. I'm not even joking, dude. It was maybe not every step. That was an over-exaggeration. But m- m- like at least once every 30 seconds, you would take a step. Something would go scurrying into the grass. It's amazing. Right after your step, like yeah. little mice, shrews. There were definitely snakes. And I'm behind you guys, so I'm like trying to hurdle every all these things. And no I'm one's gonna to, come run with us like ever. I'm like, what is <laughs> is this? What goes on behind your feet while you trail run? Oh my god! Like, is know. it because you take the step and then you surprise the animals and then they run away oh, and you just never see them? Anyways, it kind of like expanded my mind on this whole trail running. You're thing. not alone. Yeah, I know. Alone, right? I know. It's like you're all out there. <laughs> it was freaking yeah. me out a little bit. But uh Awesome. But yeah, dude, well hey, like last kind of to wrap up here, um I wrote down like four words here and I've done this a couple times on the podcast uh recently and I just want to hear like basically based off of your time doing ultra running or doing these hard things, like how has your concept of these ideas shifted? And I guess the first mm. one I wrote down was challenge. Like, cause I was thinking about your Leadville challenge and stuff like that. Like has your mindset set shifted on just the idea of a challenge? You know, like for me, a challenge when I was younger, might've been a negative thing. And now it's kind of like something I somewhat welcome, mm-hmm. except this, uh, you know, remote teaching slash teaching a first grader at the same time. I'm just joking. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> um, I, I think, um, I don't know. The, bi- the big idea, I don't know if it's changed over time. Maybe a little bit because I think once you achieve a certain goal, you realize it, it can be achieved. So I think it just turns more into like this It challenge becomes opportunity. Yeah. So I sign up for a big race and like all like now I have an excuse to go run big miles on the weekends. Um, now I have an opportunity to go explore new trails and, and experience new things and um, learn new life lessons and those sort of things. So yeah. um, maybe it's a little bit more associated with opportunity and um, just and self-awareness than it is uh, a particular goal. That makes sense, man. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it, too. Yeah. Like and that'll help you grow in whatever but um cool pain oh pain (laughs) um are you able to deal with pain better now or not yeah i have an insane pain threshold like i do um and i the other thing is pain is temporary like always 100 percent of the time yeah and um you don't realize that when you first start doing this stuff i think you've got to know how to push through it and you've got to realize like this is like it doesn't matter what it is you could break your tibia and it's still a temporary thing like you're going to get through it yeah um but yeah it's just a valley and um i can't tell you how many times i've been out there and like feel like i just in a world of hurt and a world of pain and then you know an hour later i feel fine yeah um like just the concept of I don't baby injuries really anymore. Like my ankle hurt the other day because I ran, you know, almost 40 miles in Leadville on Saturday, and like it was still hurting yesterday. I think I texted you. I was like, yeah. my ankle's still a little sore, but I went out for a run anyway. Like last night, just kind of 
real easy run and it didn't feel so bad and I didn't feel it at all this morning. Nice. So I think I'm just not totally scared of it. I respect it, but I, it doesn't freak me out anymore. Yeah. Do you, when you're in like a really low place in an ultra or like in pain and stuff, do you just try to solve your problems through food? Like, are you just like, <laughs> I'm just going to eat a bunch, I guess. No, dude. I'm a, I'm a, uh, so my wife will tell you this, um, but I, like I'm a crier. So you cried out. Oh, I cried out. <laughs> I'm a freaking total emotional wreck. I've cried during races a lot, yeah. too. Yeah. And no one's around. That's the beauty of ultras. Yeah. You're I like, put no. my head down, and I'm like, this sucks. But, um, yeah, no, I don't solve my problems through food. I solve my problems through food. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I have two more. Uh, obviously, the ultra running you know, mantra here is resilience. So, yeah. In what ways have you become more resilient in life based off of your ultras? Like as a dad or as someone at work or anything like that? I think resiliency is the word for big old truck driving. But I I think resiliency is the word for 2020. Yeah. Um, You know, really, I think the um, I'm. I'd like to think of myself as optimistic, like a hundred percent of the time, like as much as I can. And, um, you know, you're, you're in a Valley and you're in a bad spot and it's okay to be there. Yeah. Um, but we're so resilient as a human race. Like, I mean, I don't even think that, I don't even think, you know, the 21st century or whatever is going to be defined by COVID. I think we're all going to get through it. Like we're super resilient. We're going to figure this thing out and we're going to move on. And it just happens to be a low point in the economy and in the race that we're in. But, yeah. I mean, we're kidding ourselves to think that we're going to be in the trough for, forever. So it's the same thing in a run. The longer the runs and the more you kind of learn about yourself, like, you can just parallel it right to life. It's just like, yeah, I had, like, a really crappy day. It's like, okay, I hope tomorrow's better. Yeah. No, I, man, I agree. Like, the way you're observing it is – if you if you have the mindset of like this is not forever this is temporary then you can get through it but dude i've had moments of like frustration and like just like everyone's had during this i'm sure but ultimately what i've been telling myself is the people who are creative adaptable um the people who are able to stay positive through everything uh, that's been going on like they're the people that are going to be successful and mm-hmm. even if success means just success as uh, like a neighborhood or a community or something like that like those are those are the people that will be will find success out of it because I'm like my biggest fear is you get to the end of this whatever that is whatever that looks like and you spent the whole entire time just like bitching and moaning and freaking out and you're and then you get to the end of it and you're like why did i spend all that time and energy just being like stressed the whole entire time you know I don't yeah know. no you're exactly right like you're down in the trough and and you're you watch it like i don't watch the news anymore i know it's awful but i mean and now we're heading into like political season which is going to make me not watch the news or like shut down my <laughs> if Facebook ever account. there's a time to not watch the news is now oh my gosh i can't you know but reality is like we just need to keep taking one step yeah forward and that's the same thing in in like a race or life or whatever it's just like um like right now i mean like 
people are people are depressed and hurting and yeah. and it's just like you know it this this will pass yeah as well but you got to just keep taking one step in front of the other even when you don't really feel like it yeah and um you'll you'll pull out you know of the whole thing but dude i need that talk right now <laughs> just do it man <laughs> i need it i just need that talk on. thank you man because just getting ready for the school year and whatever that's gonna look like has been just insanely on my mind lately so one step man like right now we're on your porch and that's true this is the only moment that really exists. all that matters is the porch that's it man porch beers Um, warm just 100 degree cold spiked cold brew (laughs) um i had another one i feel like that answer was so good though but i'll give you one more i wrote down integrity and i think i was thinking of that almost along the lines of like discipline so we kind of went into that a bunch but like have have you like what do you think about the word integrity I think you've got to just integrity is almost like authenticity in some ways. Like to me, I mean, I think you just, you gotta, you gotta just be yourself. You know, I think there's, there's so much pressure, I think, to just try to be people that we're not. Yeah. Um, and it's taken me a long time, like, and I'm still coming around on that. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, there's times I feel like I'm, 20 years old in a 44 year old body you know like and you just feel like an imposter like it's like wait a sec like how did i get in this house like driving this car and like (laughs) you know i mean it's just it's yeah super weird i'm listening to the beastie boys book right now and i'm like i still feel like beastie boy you know like with all my buddies like skateboarding back in college and like how did i like end up an executive at a yeah a prominent firm in town like um you know but in reality like you just you just own who you are and and just be like comfortable with that and don't try to be someone you're not and not everybody's gonna like you and you know that's okay yeah um but you just gotta yeah that's awesome man well especially like 40 year old and 20 year old body i think the second time we went running you're like hey have you ever done this little like cliff thing on north table and i was like i have not because i didn't want to do it by myself and basically there's a legit drop there yeah you can on either side it would be bad it would be bad it would be very bad (laughs) and so you're like let's go do it i'm like okay and i was like all right i give in to peer pressure i'm like really bad at giving in to peer pressure so i'm like all right tim's gonna show me how to do this we took two steps out on that ledge though and my heart (laughs) my knees i get like the tingles you know and i'm just like what what are we doing and then you're like here's there's just one step and you like step down and you're like toe is on the edge of this cliff like barely your toe like your toes <laughs> the only thing on it and then you step up and you're like all right so just do that and i was like okay and i did it it was one thing like one step in front of the other and then i got to the top and you're like some of my friends just run and jump that gap and i was like dude if you would have done that i would be like hey tim nice knowing you it was nice to meet you yeah see you man i'm not that hardcore man <laughs> see that's just it like i have enough integrity to know that i can just like slowly walk down that cliff yeah there you go yeah, i'm good with that perfect perfect yeah, yeah. well tim thank you dude for coming on the show thanks for having me yeah man, man. here's the really here's the awkward part in person yeah where i say bye for the podcast and then we're like still just sitting here so thanks for joining us yeah thanks for joining us guys <laughs> all right there you have it episode 217 
Tim, man, thanks for coming on the show. We're obviously going to have Tim back at some point uh, to hear about all of his future adventures and pick his brain even more because honestly, I could have sat there and talked to him for hours and hours and hours. Um, so thanks, man. I really appreciated it. I really appreciate having a group to actually go run with. It's been years. I've been like a lone wolf, you know, uh, and to finally have a group to geek out about trails and, you know, wake up early and push ourselves. Like it just, it means the world is awesome. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, real quick update, just so you guys know what's coming up. Uh, I just got done. I did my first 100 K in Boonville, Iowa last week, uh, for the Boonville Backroads ultra kind of something we've been building to on the show. If you've listened to any of those episodes, um, let me just say, I'll here. Let's let's do a tease because I I'm not sure. I think the next one might be our race report for that. Um, otherwise, it'll be coming soon. It'll be in like the next week or so or two weeks. Um, so here's your little tease. First loop, which was the first 50k, it went great. I felt great. I felt like I was going fast. It was awesome. And then, how do I make this a cliffhanger? And then the wheels fell off the bus. <laughs> okay, that's your cliffhanger. Um, it was awesome. I had a great experience. I feel fine. This is uh, Wednesday after the event, and the event was Saturday. I feel fine physically. Um, obviously, I've taken the week, and I haven't really done a whole lot of physical activity. Uh, I didn't. I haven't gone for a run yet. Um, I've kind of done some like light workouts. I've continued my yoga, which is only like fifteen minutes or 15 is the minimum, but 15 to 30 is usually what I do every day. Um, so I've done that, but, but yeah, I really haven't tried to like go out and push myself or anything yet. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. That was a long training block for me. Uh, we signed up the day after Thanksgiving. It seems so long ago. We signed up the day after Thanksgiving when we're all fat and bloated on pumpkin pie. Um, and then I was like, I'm not really going to seriously train until January. So then January hit and I started slowly building my miles up on my long runs. And then March hit and the shit hit the fan all over the place. And we were like, what is happening? And then a couple weeks later, Brad, the race director, was kind of like, um, hey, we're going to have to reschedule the race. The race was supposed to be in May. Now it's in September. So I was like, man, I already started training for this. So then we decided we're going to do something on the original day in May. So I ran a 50K. Uh, and then finally, in the beginning of September, did the actual event. So as crazy as it is, I'm like, man, we almost signed up for that thing. Not, not a year ago, but it was like nine months ago which is nuts dude a baby could have developed in the womb in that time um <laughs> uh maybe that'll be my race report for brad i'll send him a message with a review that says longest training block ever a baby could have developed in the womb um but yeah man so we'll give you that we'll get you that race report soon my buddy thad went out uh attempted his first 50k um how do I, how do I like tease that? Uh, and he went through some stuff, man. He went through some stuff and you'll have to find out what happened. Um, 
So yeah, it was a great event though. And I have to say training with Tim, training with Joel, uh, this summer really kind of set me up for success. Cause I did have that weekly adversity where I was like, okay, this run's going to be different. It's going to be faster, faster paced. Um, and so it was awesome, man. I, I really do feel like training with them this summer helped me, um, on the course. And I really appreciate it. And even sitting down and talking with him for this podcast, which we recorded a few weeks ago, um, being able to pick his brain about, uh, 100 K definitely helped me out along the way. So, uh, and then also just like this accumulation of knowledge from doing the podcast and being able to talk to all these really amazing, inspiring endurance athletes, I mean, I had all of these stories to draw off of during my hard time. You know, I got to think about, okay, what happened in so-and-so? Like when so-and-so hit a wall, what did they do? And I got to think back to some kind of specific advice from some of the just absolute beasts we've had on the show. So anyways, thank you to you guys too. Um, for anyone who's who's been on, I've definitely been a sponge or I've been trying to be a sponge when it comes to knowledge, inspiration, motivation, all of that. Um, and I hope that comes across to you guys listening and I hope you're doing the same exact thing. You know, my hope is that, um, it, I'm hoping the show kind of feels like you're sitting in the room with us and you're just hearing two people talk. Cause that's really what I want at the end of the day. I hope what we talk about is interesting <laughs> or entertaining. Uh, but I also hope, you know, you leave it, you leave the podcast just psyched to go take on your goals, whatever they may be. Um, so that's always been the hope. So anyways, yeah, guys, let's wrap it there. Um, we'll get back at you either at the end of next week, or we might get back earlier if we get the race report recorded. So we'll see, we might be back in, you know, uh, three or four days if we have that recorded. So check back for that. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later.